Hello again. So I have got Danny Miranda back again for this episode. He was one of the first people who I spoke to when I first started doing this weird talking to people thing on my podcast, way back on episode 184. And I titled that episode, How to Be the Happiest Person in the World, because, you know, this this guy is like the happiest guy in the world. He was amazing to talk to. He's had such a, a cool perspective, even though he's a pretty young guy. Um, he's he's like very wise uh, beyond his years. He's nodding in the corner now at the minute. <laughs> uh, so this time, I didn't want to talk about the happiness stuff. I wanted to really dig into a couple of things because a couple of things has happened with Danny since. He's just hit his 100th episode of his podcast, which is a huge achievement. And also, there's all the 75 hard stuff we dug into last time, but he's super consistent. And I remember, I listened to a few podcasts before this, he was talking about being not very consistent previously, and now he is. So I want to dig into a lot of that consistency stuff, and I think that's enough chatting. So let's get to actually introducing Danny. Here we go. Yo, hello. Yo, yo, yo. <laughs> I, I had like a weird instance then where I thought people might not be able to hear you. But No, I, I thought you were going to run the intro there, but maybe <laughs> I can't hear it. I don't know exactly how this works. You're a one-man band producing all this and, and doing all. I don't know how you do it, but it's seriously impressive, and I appreciate the, the intro. It's very kind of you. Oh man, it's it's nuts trying to organize the live stream and we've got multiple camera angles going on over here, which, <laughs> which you can't see. Um, and I'm recording it for later on, so it's easy to edit. And we're going live on Twitter and YouTube. It's <laughs> it, it gets easier a little bit, I guess. <laughs> I feel like what you're doing, there should be like four people behind you creating the whole thing as well. I guess maybe there will be in five or 10 years, but for now you're doing an incredible job making it a, a one man band. I feel like. Yeah. It's I, 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 all this stuff's pretty easy. Now, once you get it set up with a camera and the recording equipment and the live stuff, that's all pretty easy. But the bit that I hear, I don't know if this, if it's the same for you, but the bit I hear is all the editing and the after stuff. And I know what you've just recently started doing is clipping some of the episodes down as well. I really want to do that, but I can't be bothered. <laughs> yeah. I think that it's, it's like you put you, I don't enjoy doing the editing either, but the way I think about it is like, this contributes to a larger mission. And, and if it does contribute to the mission of like spreading my message, spreading love, spreading kindness, spreading wisdom in some capacity, then it's worth it. And so just cause I don't like doing it, it's the same way I don't like running or I don't like going to the gym when I first started, but you do it because you have an end goal that's greater than any desire in any one moment. So that's how I get myself to do it. I, I get that. And I've, and I'm pretty disciplined in all kinds of stuff, but it's yeah. just that damn bit. I just, I just can't do, I did it for a few episodes. I'm, I'm trying to, the thing I always try to do, and this is the reason why we're live right now, is I try to figure out a way that I can do as much of the stuff up front so I don't have to edit it later. So 
by going live on YouTube right now, it's automatically recording it, automatically putting it on YouTube. Saves me a huge, massive step. So the next bit I'm trying to work out is how I can clip it easily because because that's that's one of the big problems I've found. Um, I've now got to download this podcast and then find right. places to clip it. That's the hard bit. So I, I completely agree with you, but I'm on this one. I'm staying stubborn until I found the process <laughs> because I, I I've I've got so much gold in the old episodes. Now you probably feel the same way and. It feels kind of a shame to some extent for it to be hidden away. Yeah. But also I think that the most important part is just to have the episode, right? Like you're doing the most important part and a lot of people, it's easy to get overwhelmed by the clips and start doing the clips and then forgetting to actually record the episodes. But it's like, you have a priority of understanding that episode and recording is the most important thing and everything else will take care of itself afterwards eventually as you continue on the process and that's how i thought about it at first as well also i my first 50 episodes i didn't record video because i just wanted to get in the habit of recording and having conversations Mm -hmm. and then after i got that down i transitioned to video and after i got video down then i transitioned to clipping and so it's a process and building on it and going back to consistency piece in the beginning, that is a huge part of it. I'm not trying to overwhelm myself in the beginning. I know that it's going to be a long-term process. So do the easiest thing first, do the bare minimum and then build on that layer and then build on it again. And now I'm doing video, audio clips, everything. And so it's like, I've spent time to refining those skills to get to this point. Mm. It's funny you should mention that because I, I was talking about, consistency to somebody on another podcast uh and i mentioned a similar idea of doing a little bit and then doing a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more and i talked about um and this is not scientific at all but it's the way i look at it that we've we've got this kind of work capacity or this work threshold just like we've got a pain threshold everybody everybody's got their own kind of level of work threshold some people can work two hours and then they need two hours off some people work 12 hour days and and, it, and it's no concern to them and the way i started to look at all this kind of stuff was that i've what i've done and what maybe a lot of people have not realized is i've built that work capacity over the years by doing things consistently like you have that you get to the end where it isn't an effort to get to this point now where we're live streaming where i'm recording where i'm watching the chat where i'm looking at my making sure the levels are right it looks like magic to somebody else, but it, it is actually what you just said, just stacking those things all on top of each other. And by the time you're able to do all those things, you're, you've then built the confidence and you've allowed yourself to, to grow. And what would have been impossible for you on day one to do all that stuff is now something that is relatively easy in that sense. So yeah, man, it's really cool to see that I'm not the only one who has followed that process of just building on little wins and building on the process to get to a, a literal higher point. Have you always kind of focused on the process or the habit of something? Do you look at this the same way I look at it? Where when I think, right, I want to start something new, I think of a way I can do it daily. That's always my thing. How can I do a little bit of it daily? And then it becomes habitual, like almost obsessively habitual for me. Do you look at it like that as well? 
It's a good question. I don't think I look at it daily, but I look at it like I'm going, I look at it long-term in the sense of, can I do this for 10 years? Can I do this for five years? Can I do this for longer than just a couple of months? Because in, in a previous version of my own life, I would only like look to do things on a month by month basis or what's going to be the result after three months. But like the result isn't going to be something grand if you're focusing on a three month process. And that's why it's important to move and have progress over a short period of time. But the vision of the whole thing is like, that's a year, year, more, multiple year process. So yeah, I, I look at it like, even if I don't, if I mess up a day, that's okay. Because one day isn't going to make you fat. One day isn't going to get you in great shape. One day isn't going to build you an incredible podcast. But if you think about it on a 10 year span, another thing that used to happen to me was I would set an intention for daily or, or something like that. And then I would mess up and I'd be like, Oh, all progress is ruined. I can't do what I want to do now. Like it's all over. And I would use that as the excuse in my head. And I think that I've now got to a point where even if I do mess up on a day, it's like no big deal because I know I'm thinking so long-term that that one day isn't going to make or break my entire process. Yeah. I think exactly the same way because I've been doing daily challenges or yearly challenges for so long that when it comes to thinking about missing a day or a, a week even, it doesn't bother me because I'm I'm thinking, you know, I'm thinking decades. I'm thinking years. Even year, a one year, three hundred and sixty-five days feels like nothing to me. I uh, I made a quick video on Twitter the other day about this that I've just got to the end of making little doodles on Twitter for, since three hundred and sixty-five days. I've been doing one every day for three hundred and sixty-five days, and I actually made seven hundred and eighty visuals in three hundred and sixty-five days. And I looked at the end of that, and I'm like this is the start that this is the beginning that was just training wheels. And and now maybe I've took off one of the training wheels and there's still so much more to learn. And there's something, I think once you get that flip of your mind, it's just not even, um, it's not even scary anymore. I think I find it scarier now when I look back and think how I used to think it's scarier to always be on the edge and thinking, what happens if I miss a day? What happens if I don't stay consistent? And you kind of got this anxiety of missing something. But when you think longer term and bigger picture, it just doesn't bother you, does it? Because you know you're going to stick with it. Yeah, exactly right. And for you, what got you switching the mindset from one day bothering you to, to being able to go with the flow? It was the first ever daily challenge that I did when I was 18 making a poster every day for 365 days I I was 18 undisciplined never done anything like this but I was pig-headed enough that I was going to stick to it and that just those 365 days even though it was just making a post I mean it's not hell is it it's not difficult I'm not going to war but even just that experience completely changed my view on discipline in a why did you ways. do it? Why did I do it? I did it because I was obsessed with becoming better. I wanted to improve. And the other thing 
as well is I wanted to improve a very specific skill as being a designer. I was only, I was only a year in, really, maybe six months in being a designer, and I wanted to improve a specific skill. And then when I turned it into a challenge and asked my boss, do you want to do it with me? That was it. There was two of us doing it together. And the way that we set the challenge up is that there was uh, my poster on the left and his on the right. So we had to do them every single day. And we uploaded it to a WordPress website and we were all commenting on each other's work and shitposting each other and things like that. So it just became a thing I'd never experienced because at that point I was on Twitter but I never experienced that kind of community, I guess, doing something like that on the internet, putting your work out there, not really caring. The majority of it was shit, not really caring about that. It just taught me so many lessons. And off the back of that, I'd become addicted to that progression. I did exactly the same thing again, 365 days. And then I did another one exactly the same after that and stopped at about 150 days or something. So I did like two and a half years of a daily thing. Um, that was it after that. There's no going back from that. Because you've rewired your brain. And I think what's so important about that first one with your boss is that it was built in accountability. It was a way yeah. for you to say, okay, if I don't do this, there's going to be someone else who's also doing this and he's going to be upset if I don't complete this challenge because there's going to be some part of him that wants me to complete it as well. So I think that's so important to stay consistent. If you don't view yourself as a consistent person, finding someone to do a challenge with you who can realistically complete it and who you have some skin in the game with your boss. It's like, if you didn't complete the challenge, your boss is going to look at you like a, a lesser worker in some capacity. You're, you know that. And so, yeah, I think that that's awesome what you did. And I think, more would benefit from using that as a way to stay consistent. I think accountability is an interesting one though, isn't it? Because I think, yes, it helps you to become consistent, but I think after a while it becomes a bit of a crutch and mm. you need to some extent at some point to make the flip where you don't need to rely on somebody where you totally. can, you can just go, right, I'm starting this new thing today Today I'm starting it and I'm going to finish it on this date. Don't need anybody else done. Like, yeah. I think it happens as a result of it. that The transition happens by itself. If you mm -hmm. first use someone, because I remember when I first did 75 hard, I wanted to be consistent because I was doing it with someone. I didn't want to let that person down. Mm -hmm. And then at some point, maybe halfway through, I didn't want to let myself down. And that's how I knew I grew. And that's how I knew I was leveling up, so to speak, because I didn't care if he completed or if he didn't. I mean, I did care, but I didn't care for myself. It wouldn't have impeded my own progress. So I think that's such an important point of like, it goes naturally where you go from being consistent for someone else. And then it goes to being consistent for yourself. And it's a natural progression, I believe at least. Mm. Yeah, I agree. When did it happen for you? Do you think? Yeah, I would say probably halfway through the 75 days where I said to myself, like, damn, I can actually do this. Like I can actually set out a something and, and complete it. And if I'm capable of doing that, what else can I do? And like understanding that I was consistent, understanding that I'd proven to myself that I was consistent. So if I was, then I could just keep going. So why? 
why can we not get this message to more people? Why are more people not like this? Well, I think that it's something that you have to, like, I could talk about it all I want uh, and I could spread the message, but the message will only meet you when you're ready to receive it. If I'd heard myself speaking in college about the things that I'm talking about, I wasn't ready to take that leap, take that jump. And I wasn't able to understand a message like that and have it mean anything because I wouldn't have done anything in that situation. So I think that people will progress at their own speed and meeting them where they are is really important. And it's not like to just get everyone consistent. Like it's also a good thing that a lot of people are inconsistent because then they have great works of art that just come to them all of a sudden. I'm not one of those people, but it's like, you know, like, if you had that person being consistent, maybe they'd be in a, a worse place and they'd be upset with the work they're doing. So I think there's types of people um, for all types of activities and consistencies. I thrive off the consistency element of it. And I think that that's where true growth happens. But at the same time, I, I'm also empathetic to those who are inconsistent or those who are trying to set a goal and can't do it because it's difficult and that person might not be ready to be consistent at this point in their life. It, I mean, it is it's super tough. There's, there's things I start all the time and never finish. Even, even now, uh, when I talk about consistency and discipline all that time, there's still things that I yeah. don't start and finish. But yeah. uh, I, I am still definitely sympathetic to that. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to eat clean for a week, seven days. I can't do it. I can't. I, I, I want a pizza by day three, uh, and I and I can't push through that. There's like a weird balance, isn't there? Uh, I talked to um, Christian Jenko about this on one of my other podcasts because he has the complete opposite idea. He does something when he enjoys it, and if he doesn't enjoy it, he stops. So when we had this similar discussion that we're having now, when I had that with him, and I said, "Yeah." You know, going to the gym, some days I don't want to go. At least 50% of the time I can't be bothered, but I do it anyway. And he was like, why? <laughs> why, why? If you don't enjoy it, why are you going? Uh, yeah. And But Jenko has, has made really cool stuff. And he, in fact, the episode was called How to Be Prolific. So his method of being prolific is completely the opposite way of me being prolific, which is to stay consistent, bash it out every single day over and over and over. He just gets a burst of inspiration, frantically makes a thing, and then goes off again. So it is interesting. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Like Everyone's got their own process, and everyone's got to figure out their own process for them. And that's why it's good that everyone's not consistent all the time, right? There's benefits to that. And there are different ways that artists operate. There are different ways that, that people operate. So, yeah. I, I sometimes wonder, particularly on the art thing, because I make doodle things every day. I sometimes wonder if I stopped for a month, would I make some like amazing Picasso artwork that I'd <laughs> sell for an NFT for a million quid and then just retire. But when I've experienced that in my life and when I have had a break, sometimes a year long, sometimes two, 
I completely lose the inspiration. I thrive on the uh, almost the daily pressure. it, It feels a bit like pressure to me. I don't know if it's the same as you, where it's always in the back of my mind. I've always got this thing, right, I need to make a visual, right, I need to go for a walk, right, I need to read something. I've always got a couple of little things that are pressurizing me, poking me in the back. And if I didn't have that, I know if I stopped making visuals just as one of the consistency pieces, if I stopped making those, I just wouldn't make one again. Is it the same for you? Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure when, with the podcast, right? Like the, with the podcast, right? If you stop making the podcast for two months, do you think you come back to it? Yeah, that, that's a good question. I think I would, but who knows, right? Like I've only been doing it for seven, eight months and we are creatures of habit and I know I'm a creature of habit. So I'm just making the habit positive in my direction. I can't imagine not having conversations with people who light me up with curiosity. And even if I won the lottery or sold an NFT for a billion dollars, I would <laughs> most likely still be doing it. It would just be in a massive studio and we'd have, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. I'm, I'm making podcasts so that I can make more podcasts, not I'm making podcasts so I can make money so that I can retire and sit on a beach. Yeah. And I think that's a difference. And I think that that's why people who start podcasts, look at someone like Joe Rogan and see him make a hundred million dollars. And they're like, okay, so if I make a couple podcasts, Stop I'll have a hundred million dollars. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah. the point is that like you do the thing for me, I'm doing the thing so that I could do the thing more and at a bigger scale and impact more people and spread the message and, and spread myself yeah. bigger and, and more wider. I think, I think you're completely right. It's about presence, isn't it? It's about being present in the moment. And I think that's exactly what the the pressure is for me. The little thing in the back of the mind. You need to go for a walk today. On the walk, I'm having a walk. I'm walking for a walk. That That's it, you know. that's I am totally present in the activity at that point in time. And then when I make the visual, I've called them design meditations many times. I'm present in the activity. And I... I, I was just listening just before we came on for this. I was just listening to your uh, 100 episode Q&A thing that you did. And you said a similar point when you were answering one of the questions. And he he asked you something about um, what's next. And you just said, well, what's next is recording this podcast and uploading it to YouTube. <laughs> that perfectly sums it up. I, I'm, I'm exactly yeah. the same with the podcast. Right now we're having a conversation. I It, it doesn't matter that it's on YouTube or Twitter. We're not recording it for that. I'm recording it to talk to you. And all the time we're sat here having this conversation, that's all that matters. And I think we can get overwhelmed with like the big dreams or the vision or where we see it going and how we plan on developing it. But it's like, what matters is what is this moment and making it as beautiful as we can possibly make it. And if, if my head is thinking, okay, how am I going to plan the next seven episodes? Who am I going to talk to right now that I'm losing because I'm losing this precious moment and this conversation. And for those of you who are listening or watching and aren't recording a podcast, the same can be said about having a conversation with a loved one, right? Like if you're just in that conversation thinking about what you're going to do tomorrow, you're not actually having the conversation. You're just thinking about what you're going to do tomorrow. But if you're in that conversation and fully invested and asking questions and really listening to what that person is saying, then you're going to have a beautiful moment 
that is going to make everything else better in your life and enrich your life in general. So yeah, man. Do you think it podcasting has made you have better conversations with other people? 100%. It, it forces you to ask and think about things in a way that you previously, I previously never had. And it makes me think about how questions are asked. And now when I ask a, a poor question, a question that's like a yes, no question, when it could be open-ended, mm. for example, I, I say to myself, damn, like you're such an idiot. Like, like, you know, I'm really in my head about it. Yeah. Um, but it just makes me think about conversation as an art form, as opposed to just something you do. I, I love, I was talking to Paul Lacrone about it. And if you've not listened to Paul Lacrone's podcast, you need to, I think you've been on it, haven't you? Yeah. Yes, sir. Uh, he's great. He is. He's fantastic. Um, and it was either on the podcast or it was on my podcast. I can't remember which one it was now, but we, we got into the whole thing of conversation and the, the way I love to think about conversations, specifically when we're talking about podcasting as well, that we're recording this conversation, but any conversation, there's like this unique cadence that goes through like a fingerprint almost with any conversation. And you, what most podcasters try to do or what most people try to do when they have a conversation with anybody is they try to force their way of speaking onto somebody. So they'll ask questions in a particular way, particularly an interview format. It's boom, blah, 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 question one, yes, no. Boom, blah, 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 question two, yep, move on. And it's like a list of conversation. And there's a cadence, a very rigid cadence that goes with that. Question, answer, question, answer, question, answer, question, answer. But really what I really enjoy about conversations and podcasting is finding that cadence in the moment of the conversation and just flowing with it and not holding back on it and not going, okay, right now, stop there, Danny. I want to talk about this next thing. Just letting it go. Do you know what, do you know what I mean? It's a bit woo woo, but do you know what I mean? Yes, I do know what you mean. And I think that I'm at my best as an interviewer when I do 50% research and 50% yeah. just going with the flow. And that's just the personal style that I found suits me the best, but it is such a fine line because if I fall yeah. too much on just letting myself go wherever I want to go, then sometimes I miss things that I wish I asked about. And when I'm too focused on the research, then I'm like what you described before, boom, boom, boom. So for me, I find the best when I'm like able to combine those into a beautiful thing and it leads to something like a magical fingerprint almost. I think you do a really good job of it. And you you kind of have this really good ability of fading backwards. So it's kind of not about you at all. And you actually make it about the person that you're talking to, which I think is a, it's quite a special skill. As, as an interviewer or a podcaster or a conversationalist or anything to make it all about them. Cause so often when we have conversations with people, I'm doing it a bit now. <laughs> um, you make it, you make it all about the person that's talking rather than, you know, going back on the person, asking them to explain what they're talking about. Do you know what I mean? Asking them questions. You do a really good job of that. Well, thank you. And how I think about it is a spotlight right? Mm. You're putting the spotlight on the person you're talking to and just trying to put them on a stage almost. And even though you're talking one-on-one -on -one and you are communicating with them as equals and peers, you're, you're just directing the attention toward that person. 
Um, and so that's how I think about it. And it's, and it's a really nice compliment from you because all my life I was someone who dominated conversation entirely and like was all about me. And what it what's funny about that is like releasing and understanding my own ego and figuring it out has allowed me to make the conversations that I have overall more about the other person. I can't imagine you like that at all. G- give me a glimpse. Can you remember yourself like that? Try and be the old Danny with me now. <laughs> not not now. It, it's very difficult to be someone who's not you in your own skin, but just way more just caring about only myself, caring about yeah. um, what I'm doing. Like there's very little time or attention for what someone else is doing. Um, yeah. And just... And just a a lesser version of myself is the only way I can put it. Just someone who, who wasn't loving, wasn't kind, wasn't happy. And the truth is that I wasn't any of those things to myself first. And so once you do all those things to you, you then can do it to the world. Well, you mentioned another thing on, on that hundred episode thing about curiosity that I found very surprising where you said you probably only discovered curiosity in the last year. Yep. I, I like, <laughs> yeah, I've always been a big reader and I've always liked books, but I was never like, why is that like that? What's going on here? What? And yeah. what happened was I went inwards on myself and just show, shine the light to myself. And I was like, wow, there's so many depths to me. I don't even know who I am. And I haven't even asked these questions and I've been holding on to this baggage and what, what is going on inside? And then it's like, what is going on with this world? What is going on with that bird? What is going on with that piece of grass or that flower? Like, why is that the way it is? So I know is directly from going inward. Did I then question everything outward? So I I would, I, I, because I've just never been like that. I I need to like press on this. How, how was the world as not being curious? Did you just kind of just see something going, yeah, whatever. Yeah. It was like, imagine being wrapped up in your own ego is like you're the universe goes around you and you're the most important person. So really that bird over there doesn't really matter. And the way the, the road is mapped out doesn't matter because you're the most important and getting you from point A to point B is everything. So that's what it's like. And as the ego comes down, curiosity rises. I've never thought about it like that, but that's, yeah. that's the truth of it. So yeah, I think, yeah, it, that, that's what, that's what's happened. I think it is because I, I've always been, well, for one, I've always had ginger hair. So I've always been teased and things like that all my life, um, which knocks you down a peg or two. The other thing I had loads of acne and stuff on my face when I was a kid knocks you down another peg or two which gives you less confidence so i had to build my confidence back up so i've never had the kind of ego thing because i've never felt like i deserved it or whatever so i guess that's probably why i've been curious about things because i've always been looking to other people and curious like how are they like that and why am i not like that and that kind of thing were you were you good at sports at school or stuff like that were you always a high achiever at school it wasn't that you know what it was it was just from my parents, I always felt loved and I always knew that I was good in life. Like Mm. my mom always like built me up and, 
and my dad never put me down. Like, and it was just a, a loving household. So that manifests itself. Like I'm a valuable person manifests itself with ego at first. And it, it took time to, to channel that in the right direction, dropping the ego, but still remaining a valuable person and building more towards love. And that happened by directly looking at myself and meditating for hours and hours and hours, but not trying to achieve that. Just that was the result of what happened. I think the kind of thing you were feeling is just very typical of, of everybody. Well, we're not that similar of an age, but my generation and your generation, millennials, basically. Uh, how old are you now? 23, 24, 22? 25. 25. Oh, you don't look it. You look well for it. Um, yeah, so kind of your and my generation, it's short-term thinking, um, social media has ruined our long-term thinking on pretty much anything. And you were just very typical of pretty much most of my friends, to be honest, most of my high school friends and things like that. So you were just a guy who was like everybody else. It's just that most of the people don't step out of themselves to find that out. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why I'm, I'm grateful for quarantine so that I could st stop everything that I was doing. In a sense, I was going to become a personal trainer. I couldn't do that. There were no gyms open. So I had to really sit with myself and be like, okay, like, who are you? Like, what, what is your purpose here? What are you doing? And it took 20 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes at night of meditating. Then it was like an hour, you know, and I documented this on my website and you could see the days that I like am coming to realizations. And it's such a beautiful thing to have that forever because I would have forgot like what day that I don't know what day, like I came to certain realizations, but it's available for me to see in the future. So it's cool. It's really cool. And I'm, I'm really grateful for meditation so that I could step outside myself. And it's definitely helped me be more consistent circling it all the way back because once you're comfortable with the present moment, you can then operate and do whatever you say you're going to do. And because you know yourself better. So yeah, I, I'm just, I'm just grateful, man. <laughs> I think, well, I think another mark of somebody who's consistent is they're very self-aware. And that's true be, because they are consistent. Well, maybe they're self-aware, which makes them consistent or they're consistent, which makes them self-aware. I'm not sure which way around it is, but through that process, they lose the ego as well because you're turning up doing things you don't want to do most of the time. And I, I think, I don't know whether it's consistency that comes first, but Consistency is like the root of it that brings out all these good qualities in most people. Yeah. It's so fascinating. I don't know which one comes first either, but self-awareness is that that's what happened because of meditation. I was the least self-aware person five years ago ever, you know, just wrapped up in ego, wrapped up in what you're, you're thinking about yourself. And that's the most important thing. But from spending all that time with myself, you really start to question who you are and what you're doing. And from that place, I don't know if I had created the consistency with 75 hard to begin with, but it's interesting to think about. I definitely will have to think about that, which came first. When, when along that kind of self-awareness meditation journey, did you go, right, I'm setting up a podcast? 
it happened actually in July of 2020. So I'd been meditating for one hour a day um, for, for two or three months straight. And I had had these conversations. And also another part of it was like, I was setting up the podcast on that retreat I did where five days, no technology and just meditating twice a day for an hour a piece. And, and just really like crystallizing my vision for it. And that was in August, early August of 2020. And then in September of 2020, I launched it. So it's really a result of getting in touch with who I am and what I cared about, what I truly cared about in my heart, not what the external voices were telling me to care about. Oh, you should get a job. You should do this. You should do that. No, what do you, what is in you that needs to be pulled out? And that's what I was really searching for and found, thankfully. And so that only happens with a lot of time spending by yourself if you're not self-aware, which I, I wasn't. So it wasn't, I want to be the next Joe Rogan. Let's start a podcast. It was three things, man. One, three different people told me that I should start a podcast like three separate friends completely in different circles and and no connection with each other. And the first time I was like, man, no, I shouldn't. Second, no way. Third, okay, fine, I'll do it. Like, yeah. like uh, this is crazy. The second thing was because I started reading all these books, I said to myself, man, I would love to ask this author this question, this question, this question. I want to talk to these people who are reading these books that are transforming my life. And the third is that I started having phone calls with people from Twitter, pre-Clubhouse, pre-Twitter spaces, just putting out on the phone who wants to talk. And so all of that led me to, okay, that's the obvious step, having conversations, talking to people, learning more about them. And it was so obvious, but I needed to really get in touch with myself to figure out that's the path that I wanted to take. And it wouldn't have happened any other way. I remember you ringing me. You you rang you rang me. And I found it so strange. Yes, <laughs> that's right. But, I did. I forget what that was about, but you were so kind, and I just wanted to talk to people and spread the energy and spread the love that I was feeling, and I still feel because I was like, my tweets aren't doing it. Like they're not like expressing who I am in my heart, and I've always been a writer and identified with as a writer, but the voice and the, the way the video and the way of communicating that way started to become way more appealing to me because I was really feeling the love within my heart and and it wasn't expressing itself as well as I could have in written word. You need to make, start making video tweets like I've started doing. I think you'd be really good at them. Yeah, man. I, I would love to, you're going to have to give me all the tips. I f- I, literally all I do is turn the camera on look at it like that and say some <laughs> nonsense into it so I've got no tips sorry <laughs> what, just do the damn thing yeah just just do the damn thing but what I found with with the video things is a little bit like the podcast and the conversations and things that people connect to it a lot more because I'm like looking yeah. directly into the camera it's my voice it's my face well you might not want to see that but it's, it's all me, basically. Every single bit of it is me. It's not just some words. And I still think with, with Twitter, you know, I know you're writing your tweets. You know that I'm writing my tweets. But there's still just a little bit, isn't there, where the connection's removed <clears throat> because it's just 
it's just words. You can never connect to somebody that closely with just the words, can you? Have you heard of hi-ho? No. It's basically like Twitter, but video only messages because they figure, and I think Tim Ferriss is an investor, Adam Grant is as well. Their, their thesis is that people are more likely to be kind to each other and talk how they really will talk if they can see the person who is behind the camera. And so it's basically like Twitter, but just video messages and you can only send video messages. And I just downloaded it yesterday and it seems pretty cool. So yeah, check it out. No, I definitely will. Cause I started also, cause I've got the setup here. I started recording some video replies to some tweets as well. And, and when you do that, people are just like, Oh my God, you've actually, <laughs> you've actually took the time to record a video. No, it's, it's nothing to do with like that. It's me or anything. It's just yeah. that somebody has took the time and, and, and I'm just going like, Hey Danny, how are you doing? I really love your tweet. And, and it, it just hits different when you reply to somebody like that. It's so cool. Yeah. I think that in, I think Pat Flynn was talking about this where in 2000, if you had someone's email, that was like a big deal. And it was like sending them a piece of actual mail. And yeah. now we've become so desensitized to it that like if someone sends you an email, you're like, all right, I have a million of these emails. But if someone sends you a video message to let you know how much they care, that means something to you in 2020 yeah. or 2021. Like that is a real thing. And I do that all the time as a way to book guests who don't know who I am. I record a video message like, Hey, I, lo I love your stuff. And I would love for you to come on the podcast a little bit more stuff like that. And they're like blown away. They're yeah. blown away that like someone would take the time. And so I highly recommend like, that's, that's amazing that you do that. And, and I do that as well. And you know what it all stems from? It stems from wanting to increase the human connection of an interaction and forming some sort of love between you and that person and really going above and beyond. And that is, that's amazing. And we should all strive to increase the amount of love we're giving to each other, even if it's just online. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I think to finally return to that consistency point one more time, I think it's only, it's only come from me being consistent, particularly on Twitter, that I've built that confidence to be able to make those videos and you know because around the podcast i've been recording it video like you have you get comfortable with being on video and things like that and yeah you, you're finally okay with it to the point where i was like I, I'll, I'll turn the camera on and talk i'm not bothered it's, it's been one of the most surprising comments they're like how are you so comfortable on camera it, and it's like yeah because i've been on camera for i don't, <laughs> I don't know thousands of hours or something uh, yeah. And I think that's one of your superpowers is your ability to, it feels like you're just yourself and you're not hiding anything. Some people it's like, they're, they're trying to put on a front. And for yeah. you, I feel like you're just relaxed and like letting it go. And even sometimes when I'm having conversations, I'm thinking to myself, like, am I being myself right now? And for you, I feel like you always are like you're just yourself yeah. and that's a superpower and that's that's really impressive yeah I, I can tell one thing i wanted to finish on actually i can tell the way that you've changed since even we last spoke wow you're going on a similar kind of journey uh, the kind of cadence of your voice and the way that you speak 
and just kind of the energy in your voice and things like that, I can tell that it's improving just from podcasting because I had the exact same thing. If you listen to my first episode, nervous, mumbled, quiet, and then you kind of, you just get this kind of confidence from just yeah. sitting and talking. You're, you're you getting- need to do it. Thank you. And you need to do it in order to get that, right? Like, yeah, it's only the reps. Like, that's all it is. And it's just time. And it's like nothing could make that happen except just doing the damn thing. And so <laughs> back to that consistency piece. I absolutely love it. Beautiful way to end, as always. The best way to do the thing is to do the damn thing. Yep. And get doing, get doing those things. <laughs> Have you got anything you want to finish on? Are you working on anything exciting that you want to plug or talk about or anything? <laughs> um, I love the podcast. I, it's my it's my baby and I, I just enjoy doing it so much and I'm honored for anyone to check it out if they enjoyed this, this beautiful conversation. If anyone enjoyed it as well, you might enjoy my podcast. You might enjoy Craig's appearance on the podcast as well <laughs> sometime soon. So... Yeah, Perfect. check that out. Yeah, Danny's Danny's podcast amazing. I highly suggest you check it out. Uh, cheers, man, and we'll speak again soon. Peace. <laughs>